Hi, and welcome back to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. We know you're busy, and we want to make it easy for you to understand how conflict may likely be showing up in a way that's impacting your team negatively. We've recorded the first three chapters of our book for you to listen to for free. Get your free audio sample at thriveinc.com forward slash free sample. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C dot com forward slash F-R-E-E-S-A-M-P-L-E. Well, welcome to the Beauty of Conflict. Today, I have a very special guest, Merrick Rosenberg. He is the co-founder of Team Builders Plus and Take Flight Learning. He's dedicated his career, I love this, has dedicated his career to helping people learn about themselves and how to build strong relationships. And as you know, I think we're gonna find out that that might have something to do with how you deal with conflict, but you know, we'll see. He is the author of Personality Wins, The Chameleon, Taking Flight, and Which Bird Are You? Four books about tapping into the power of your personality. Under Merrick's leadership as a CEO of Take Flight Learning, his company has been selected as the New Jersey Business of the Year and named one of the fastest growing companies and best places to work in the Philadelphia area. Merrick received his MBA from Drizelle University, where he was recognized as the Alumni Entrepreneur of the Year. Merrick has worked with more than half of the Fortune 100 companies in the U.S. and around the world. So welcome, Merrick, and wow. That's quite, you've been studying these personalities for a long time. Oh, thanks for having me, Susan. I have. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I could tell. And I, you guys don't see this, but I'm talking to him. Behind him, I see these big posters of four birds. So I cannot help but sort of dive in because I'm imagining that's going to become a big part of our conversation. Absolutely. Okay. And my goal is by the end of this to understand which bird I am. We'll see whether that happens. And hopefully, as we talk, you may recognize yourself or figure out which birds we are. We'll see. We'll talk about the four birds. You'll see that each of them handles conflict very differently. And okay. Respond <laughs> to conflict differently. So we're going to have some fun. All right. Good, good. And well, you know, tell me how you got so interested in, you know, focusing on personality and how that plays out in relationships and in corporate settings and in the world. Going way back to 91, I was working on an MBA and I, I discovered team building. And at the time, there were literally about a half a dozen team building firms in the United States. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, you could get paid to play games with people? Sign me up for that. Okay. So, so I, I started one of the first team building companies. And, and a few years after that, in 1994, I discovered personality styles and I really wanted to integrate them in, into my world. It was very clear that a lot of conflict, a lot of the dysfunction of teams and relationships was based on personality clashes. And so I wanted to get deeper into that and help people to understand themselves, how to understand others, how to connect, just how to, how to create great relationships with people. That's I, I love that because I do think so often, I mean, so often, and styles has so much to do with what is going on. Personality styles has so much to do with what's going on. I mean, I tell me where I'm wrong. I mean, I'll just jump right in here. The only trouble is sometimes people get so fixated on the style and what it's supposed to be like that they may miss the nuances of how it shows up in someone. So I'm assuming you found that at times as well. You know, the thing is, once you really understand yourself and you're self-aware, you understand what pushes your buttons and also you understand what pushes other people's buttons, then you start to learn how to communicate better so that you don't offend each other. And then of course, as you know, conflict, is obviously it's not bad. It's, it, you it's can't a have a healthy relationship without it. And if you can understand how to navigate conversations so that it actually doesn't even feel like conflict, it just feels like 
hey, we're having a passionate conversation and, and conflict well managed. That's what yeah. it feels like. And if you understand the styles, that's what you get. Yes, I am with you because I do, you know, our book is called The Beauty of Conflict. Now, we might be a little different. We didn't call it the joy or the ease. I don't know that I, I have found that just because I, I know we have differences, that still makes it easier. But I do know a way through. It can be incredibly uncomfortable, probably. I don't know which bird knows that, but we'll find out, you know. <laughs> but it's worth the discomfort to get into it and move through it. And knowing my own style, it helps me and be compassionate for somebody else's difference in a style, not take it so personally. I think it's yeah, kind of absolutely. And, and in the workplace, I always say a team without conflict is a team without creativity. Yeah, it's how exactly. you get innovation. It's how you get better decisions is when you can address issues, work through them, and then you come out the other side with something better than either one of you would have brought to the conversation in the first place. Exactly. Okay. Well, then let's kick it off here by talking about the four birds. Since, sure. Yeah. So what I did was I linked the four core personality styles to four birds. There was this alphabet soup of letters that, quite frankly, people didn't really remember. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to make it visual and very easy. So if you picture someone who has the traits of an eagle, I'll show you how simple this is. And we haven't talked about this. So this is, I'm putting, since <laughs> you think you're putting me on the spot, but actually here, here's what happens. You're ready? Okay. You, you invite a personality person on the show and then, you know, <laughs> they ask you <laughs> So, so when you think of an eagle, if a person had the traits of an eagle, what do you think they would be like? Uh, well, I think they'd be very visionary because they're they fly pretty high. They can see yes. exceptionally well. Yes. You know, they're predatory. So, I mean, you know, they, they could go after it. I've watched them when they pick up salmon and there's no messing around. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when they're on to something, they're, you know, they will kind of go for it. That's right. They lock in on what they want. They are goal oriented. Do you think they're direct or indirect? Oh, I would guess pretty direct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're confident. They're big picture. They know what they want. They're very goal oriented. You know, and from a conflict perspective, we'll talk about that, but they can be win-lose. They like to win. They're very yeah. competitive. Yeah, I was thinking the competitive thing. The only difference would be, you know, when you see, well, actually, when an eagle's getting chased by other birds, that's a funny thing to watch because it's often, it's often smaller, much smaller birds. And I'm always surprised that the eagle even puts up with it. So there right. must be times <laughs> where they like to play as well. I think there definitely yeah. are. Well, let's take the parrot. The parrot, okay, parrot. like, like if a person had the traits of a parrot, what do you think that person would be like? Well, I the first thing, this is probably not where you wanted me to go, but I just think annoyingly chatterbox, like repeating well, everything. Like, that's right. Oh, if you think about it, they're very talkative. Now, talkative is a nice way to put it. Talkative. I, just I, they're, <laughs> they're social and they're talkative. But do you think, what do you think? Quiet or enthusiastic? Oh. I would say more enthusiastic. Absolutely. Yeah. How about pessimistic or optimistic? Now, I, I'm going to go, I think I may be stuck on the Lion King, but I'm going to go for pessimistic. Like they're like, no, 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 that's not what we said we were going to do. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, now, if you think about the parody, they're just so fun filled. They're like, sure, what could happen? You know, they've got that kind you of. You did not watch the Lion King, Merrick. Oh, I love <laughs> the Lion King. Zazu is awesome. <laughs> he was like such a burden to the port, you know. Right. But all right, he may not be the classic parrot. I'll go it's along with you uh, they they can be fun so you're telling me they're more optimistic than pessimistic yeah i mean if you think of a parrot they're just fun they're social they're talking if they're outgoing okay all right how about the dove when you think about a dove what comes to mind oh i think you know they kind i don't know whether they want to look good but they they look good they're kind of softer they're more uh i would say they would be less of a 
dominant. They they tend to like a. I often think of doves as going in a flock, not just a solo dove. Absolutely, they're, they're group oriented. They they are very harmonious. I mean, what do you think? Just we'll talk about doves in a little while, but from a conflict perspective. But do you think doves like conflict? Oh no, they're probably conflict avoidant, or they're Absolutely. you know accommodating yeah. everyone. Right? Exactly right. They're the one in your family who's like, let it go, don't start. You know what they're like. They're just trying to smooth it out. And, and so the last one is the owl. So probably what's the first word that comes to mind when you think of an owl? What do you think? Well, they're wise. They use their experience. They're, you know, they kind of, yeah, they're more. Everything about, yeah. And and it's not necessarily that the owl is the smart one because intelligence doesn't correlate, but you're right on track that every cartoon owl ever drawn is pictured as wise. And why is that? Because they're logical, they're observant, they're thoughtful, they're thinkers, they're analytical, they ask a lot of questions. And so you can see that these four styles they obviously act very differently. And especially during times of conflict, I mean, you can just already imagine an eagle, imagine two eagles in conflict. They're oh, just yeah, be battling happy. it out. But afterwards, two minutes later, hey, you wanna go grab some lunch? <laughs> now, 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 have you ever seen two doves fighting it out? Uh, no, probably right. nope. not very much. Nope. Right. And, no. Whereas eagles can battle it out, they let it go, done. Doves it takes a while to get them to the point where they're going to really raise the issue and address it. And they may hold on to it. They may not let it go so easily. So you can already start to see the differences just in the way we communicate. And and obviously, especially handle conflict. Well, and I was thinking, you know, maybe two eagles kind of duke it out and they go have a beer afterwards. But I bet you if you put an eagle with a dove, the eagle may be wanting to go out. Like I'm done. I got it said. And the dove might be like, Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, yeah, the double I am wounded. You know? Yeah, they get wounded because the, the eagle was a little too blunt, a little too direct. Yeah. I, I watched this example. I was I was sitting in an airport and I was watching this couple. And you know, this is the beauty of the birds. You can figure out their style so quickly. And I'm guessing this couple was married just from the, the nature okay. of their interaction. <laughs> and he this was the moment I tuned into their conversation. Uh, He looked at her and he said to her, I do not understand why a fact isn't a fact. And and she looked at him and she said, well, it's it's the way you said the fact. It was the way you said it to me that I'm talking about. And he was like, you can say a fact however you want to say a fact. It does not matter. It doesn't change the fact. And she was like, oh, yes, it does. (laughs) And, And you can see the problem. He was probably more owl, very logical, maybe a little direct from the eagle. primary and secondary owl eagle. She's the dove. She's tuning into the way that he's speaking. Mm -hmm. And he's just focusing on the content. And you know what's happened at this moment is they are no longer talking about what they're talking about. They are now arguing about how they're arguing. And and how often does that happen? Oh, that nine times. Yes, we always say you've got to step out of well, probably you have to step out of your style as well as step out of the content, because if you just keep going at it that way, you're not going to get anywhere or own your style and recognize not everyone has the same one would probably Absolutely. be the most important thing because, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, you get it. It's, you know. it's got to understand how do I need to talk to this person? And maybe we can find a place in the middle. Maybe they that owl eagle can maybe soften the words a little bit, maybe not be so blunt and direct. And the dove can understand, okay, look, they're being factual. They're not trying to offend me. They're just focusing on the facts. And maybe they meet somewhere in the middle. But if we understand each other, it's that drama that goes Mm -hmm. away. Sure. That makes complete sense. So do you, I, one question I have as you're talking about this, because 
when it comes to leadership, so I'm going to jump into the leadership thing because we spend a lot of time there. Is there one of these birds that you think is the better leader? It's interesting. I think in the United States, we really do value extroversion, that eagle, parrot, take charge, be outgoing. Other countries, not so much. If you went to Japan or, or China, more dove and owl. And so in the U.S., we have this vision of eagle leadership. But the reality is, any style can be a great leader and be very successful. I mean, Bill Gates is an owl, self-made billionaire. Richard Branson's a parrot. Okay, let's go with some women. Don't just go with the guys right. on this. Sure, take, so. <laughs> absolutely. Right, like we can go there. Right, take somebody like like Oprah, who can do all four styles. Yeah. Right, or who even, has the ability to hit all four of them. Yes, and now so that brings up a different point though, because if if someone is that diverse in all four styles, then you might be saying leadership is one of the extremes, an owl or an eagle. And I was thinking of, you know, who's the, I can't remember her name now, the leader in uh, New Zealand, though she's pretty amazing, the prime oh, minister yes. currently. She, yes. she actually strikes me as a little more of a dove, potentially, and really kind of brings people, the, the flock around her that she needs to have, to have the and, information. And look how powerful that is. That's uh, what I was right? thinking, you know. I mean, it's so. so amazing when you look at, and you look at through history, at people who were great leaders, a lot of amazing leaders. I mean, even in the United States, if you were to look at presidents and, they, and you rank order presidents from presidential scholars, the greatest president in history universally is Abraham Lincoln, who was the dove. He was oh, a dove style. And oh, so, okay. so, so, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily think of that in our paradigm of leadership, but dove leaders create an environment where people feel valued. I can imagine. Now, can you tell me one? I was trying to think of a strong leader. Maybe you could go with the presidential thing or who you think of who's that parrot. Yeah. I mean, look at somebody like a Bill Clinton from a presidential perspective. Oh, I can see that. that. He's He's got got a lot of parrot style. Oh, because he's kind of, you know, yeah, can sort of has that talk to anyone type of style, but also... I can see that. Okay. It's the charisma. It's the energy. It's, it's, you know, I mean, you look at somebody like Ellen, I mean, even just like in, in uh, entertainment, I mean, she's got that. There you go. I can style. see that. Yeah. That would be okay. I can see and secondary dove. And I think she's got a secondary dove style as well. Okay. So the idea when you're working with someone, you're looking for the primary and the secondary styles. Yeah, we're not just one. We, we actually have all four. Sure. There's probably one really strong one. And for a lot of people, there's a strong secondary too. Yeah. And I, and I can imagine like anything else, it could show up. It might show up differently in different scenarios. Some people are more congruent across work and home and some people are less so. Like, so they may have a style that they've adapted and works well in the workplace. It could be either their natural style or something in another relationship could be different. That's exactly right. And if you use the presidential theme there, somebody like a, a George W. Bush in public, he was very eagle. I'm the decider. Mission right. accomplished. Very eagle. But everybody talks about him behind the scenes is he's kind of a parrot. He's yeah. really, really laid back. He's funny. He's the kind of guy you want to have a beer with. And he sometimes we have a different public persona than a private persona. And I would say he, he brings that parrot energy out more now than I ever saw him when he was a president. When he's kind of doing Absolutely. things with other presidents or something like that, he does look like he's having a lot more fun, but maybe that's being more of himself. I think that's correct. It could be also that he doesn't have that role. It does take sometimes when you're in it, but so that's, I love that. That's great. So now do you think that like, you're kind of giving me some clarity about how I could figure this out on the fly. And if I just meet somebody for the first time, but I'm also, you know, 
Yeah, very easy to do. Even without having, you know, the visual, we're, we're so visual, you can see it in the body language, but mm. even just from tone of voice, as, you, as your listeners tune in, see if you can figure out which style I am. I'll model each one. If I were to walk up to you and, and say, hi there, nice to meet you, Merrick Rosenberg. <laughs> what style do you feel there? I, I'm guessing the eagle. <laughs> yeah, you can feel the eagle. Yes. But if I said to you, but feel the difference. Hi, how are you? So nice to meet you. Merrick Rosenberg. Such a pleasure. I'm, I'm going to go with the dove. Exactly. But notice how you do it so quick. If I said to you, hey, what a pleasure to meet you, Susan. Okay. I'm so happy to be here today. Uh, <laughs> right. And if I said, hello, nice to meet you. Merrick Rosenberg. Okay, I get it. You're good at Very that. Business like owl. And our audience, I think, probably got it, even yeah. though they're not seeing the visuals that I am. But you play that yeah. very well. <laughs> you know, even it's the it's there's a tone, there's a confidence, there's a energy level that's conveyed in our body language. And when you meet people, and when you really start to to look for the bird styles, you start to see it everywhere you go. Okay, now I you know the question I might ask because. And I, I mean, I work with horses in leadership training and things like that. And part of why I do that is because, you know, we have all learned so well how to kind of do the right thing, play the role, play the part, do whatever. And so often have kind of lost our own authenticity. And, you know, horses totally respond to whether you're being authentic or not. And, you know, give us really good feedback about that quite quickly. And my one of my thoughts about this is like, you know, some people could train themselves to be one of these types. And it may not be as genuine. And, you know, I'm thinking people would probably pick it up. But do you ever hear that get discussed in the work and how you're? You oh, know? yeah. It's the, the authenticity issue. And, and I always tell people, you need to be who you are. <laughs> it got you to where you are today. Uh -huh. If you were to try to change to another style, you're just exchanging one set of strengths and challenges for a different set. Right. Every style has its challenges. So the real key is to find a role in which you can be yourself that you don't have to flex all day long because that quite frankly is exhausting. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine a parrot being in a role where they have to sit in a desk all day long, no human interaction, crunching data, be exhausted or, or an owl who had to go to networking events every week, interacting with people they don't, that they don't know for hours at a time, mm -hmm. they would leave drained. You got to find a role where you can be you, your personality shines, you'll be better at it and it will feed your, it's like it feeds your soul instead of drains you. Okay. That, that, that's good. Cause I do think, you know, well, I mean, we're saying this and I'm hoping people are listening and I do know a lot of people still try to be something they're not. And I really like the idea, two things that have stood out for me so far. One, anyone can be a strong leader and you could be any one of these types. And we've named a few of each type. So I think that's cool. And then secondly, figure out what kind of leader you are, who you are authentically, and then find what works for that leadership style. And if, it, if you're in a job that it doesn't work, find other people to have around you or find a job that fits. Is that kind of? Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes you staff your weakness. You bring people around you yeah. who do the things you don't like to do and you're not good at. Yeah. You know, I think that, I mean, I, a lot of good leaders, that's the, I've seen, that's what they do well is they can kind of bring the right team in. And even if that's not their strong suit. So, okay. Can you tell we're kind of doing this right now because we're on this podcast and hopefully people are trying to figure out who we each are, but can you tell what somebody's style over the phone? Well, they were listening to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's the energy. It's the tone. You can even tell their style from an email. Oh, <laughs> yes. That was the next question. Because yeah, I bet maybe. you these days, Slack, Zoom, sure. over Zoom. No, Text no. messaging. I mean, look, you get an email from an eagle and it's very direct and it's right to the point. 
the dove might get offended because they start every email with, hi, how are you? Hope this finds you well. Mm -hmm. And if you, if that dove gets an email, that's a little too blunt or direct from an Eagle that actually can offend their sensibility. And they could feel like, wow, that's not being very nice. It has nothing to do with being nice. That's just an Eagle being an Eagle mm -hmm. and owl tons of data. <laughs> they, their emails are long. They provide lots of information. Parrots, emails bursting with enthusiasm, exclamation points all over the place. You can just see the parrot energy coming out of that email. So you can, once you learn this, you can really figure out people's styles very quickly. So, you know, how would you say these personality styles impact, you know, corporate culture? It creates the culture. I mean, imagine an environment of all parrots. And, and that would be a lot of fun. Time management may be an issue, but it's, it's going to be very much based in building morale and creating a great engaging environment. They probably wouldn't have a lot of conflict because parrots are like, eh, don't start, let it go. Mm -hmm. uh, imagine an environment of all doves or a leader who creates an environment. The leader is a dove. They create a dove culture. Mm -hmm. And that happens all the time. Leaders create environments they want to work in. And if you had an environment of all doves, it would be very calm, peaceful. Would they have conflict? not outwardly, they may bring it home, they may not raise it, they might right. avoid it, it may come out passive aggressively, but they probably wouldn't address it head on because it's uncomfortable and they don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you had a group of all owls, very structured, process-driven, data-driven decision, measuring key performance indicators, they don't like interpersonal conflict, but owls, if they have the data, and it's about the facts and the logic. And I can show you I'm right. They are in there till the end. They mm -hmm. do not mind conflict based on facts and data. Eagles, it would be a very direct, driven, results-oriented culture. Conflict would actually be encouraged in that environment. For them, it would be like, hey, we battle it out. We let it go. We move on. <laughs> and so you can absolutely see how styles create the culture. And a lot of times leaders create an environment in which they will thrive as opposed to an environment in which their people will thrive. So imagine I think that, that's a big, because I, want, I wanted to it? ask you in the current environment where we're beginning to really begin to look at issues of diversity and inclusion, looking at how different cultures, like I am curious how often you've gone into a different cultural setting and how this may show up differently and how you work with that. Because I imagine there's some nuances that need to be addressed, I mean, it works pretty well in our culture, I guess, even now though, that's beginning to erupt. Like, you know, uh, so. What Absolutely, happened? look, I've traveled around the world. I've spoken in 47 states and all different countries with more than half the Fortune 100s and everything from the White House staff to the Philadelphia Eagles football team, you name it. I mean, it's such a diverse group of organizations and you travel around the world and culture changes, but you know what's, what is the commonality? Personality. An eagle is an eagle. They're direct and to the point no matter where you go. They may be a little more direct in New York than Montana, but they are still direct. And sometimes that actually does play out. But the beauty of using the birds and talking about style is it cuts across culture. And when you talk mm -hmm. about diversity and inclusion, it's are you creating an environment that values and accepts everyone no matter what their style is? Or do you really just recognize and reward one or two styles and the others are annoying or not valuable to you. I don't know. I, I'm just sort of making this up as we're talking because, you know, we we go into a lot of situations where they're dealing now with this inclusion and diversity issue. And, you know, if you had an eagle or a company that had an eagle running it, and this has been my experience, sometimes even bringing up the fact that this culture is a problem to an eagle, 
sometimes they don't really want to listen. And they may not see it. They may not see it. And there may be an eagle somewhere in they're a traumatized eagle, an eagle who has gone through a history of never being able to speak up or talk. And they're going to probably show up differently. You may not even recognize them as an eagle at first because they probably have learned that's not okay. That's um, right. And then how, you know, how to actually begin to tease out this, you are who you are, if you had the opportunity to be who you are. And if you haven't been who you are, you've got to find a way to bring it into the game. And somehow we got to get people to listen to who, you know, have been pretty clear to listen. And that's that's kind of tough. Yeah, you know, it's that idea that culture eats strategy for breakfast. That, <laughs> that if people don't like the culture and the environment, they can go somewhere else and do the same thing. And what we're finding is if you, I will bet most people tuning in have had the experience that you worked somewhere or for a manager that it just didn't feel comfortable. And right. then you went somewhere else, maybe doing almost the same thing. And it now feels like, ah, oh, I can breathe now. I feel mm -hmm. so much more comfortable here. And it probably has something to do with style and the environment that they create and the way they treat you and the way they communicate to you. And, mm -hmm. and when you're in an environment that resonates with you, it just feels comfortable and natural. And when you're not, it doesn't. And, and managers that get this, they understand that we need to create an environment for everyone. That is- Yeah, that, I think that's the, that's the part that, you know, I'm really struck with is that, yeah, I mean, I often am coaching someone and saying, yeah, you hopefully you could move to a different place and you might find it better, you know, but I also am a big believer of, you know, hey, try to show up where you are. And we actually don't need to just keep some of the cultures the way the cultures have been corporate culture. We they do need to change. So hopefully someone is sort of willing to come in there and hang in whether it's a dove or an eagle, any of them, to sort of say, hey, give me a place to exist here. Because I do think, you know, we, that, that is one of the challenges that we're facing now is how do we actually build cultures that are inclusive and not just kind of stay in our blind spot, so to speak. That's right. That's, That's right. Because, because the reality is if you're an eagle culture or any, any, we can pick any of these styles, and you only really reward direct, assertive people, then you're going to be missing something in that environment. The doves bring something very valuable. They, they hold that environment together. Those parrots build morale. Those, those owls have accuracy and logic. And, and so whatever style we pick, if you're not involving and including one of those styles, you're going to be missing something and it's going to create pain for your organization. I love that. I think that's really, do you have a situation where you've seen, worked with a, one of your clients or a company where you've seen that them get it and make a significant transformation in oh yeah I, I had i had one organization where i i got to work with their senior leadership team and their executive leadership team so it's about two thousand people in the company they had 50 i had a day where i spent the day with their top 50 people mm -hmm. now when you have 50 you can do instant statistics so i turned <laughs> to the group and i said does it let me ask you something do you find it interesting that 96% of you are eagles, 96, 48 out of the 50 people were eagles. It doesn't mean you have to be an eagle to be a senior manager. What it means is you have to be an eagle to be a senior manager there. Yeah. And they rewarded that behavior. And I will bet you there were people on that team who are not eagles, but they've tried to show up as eagles because that's yeah. what's rewarded. And I will also bet you that that group of eagles is impacting the entire organization, because it's an organization of overwhelmingly doves and owls. Yeah. So you have all these eagles at the top driving radical change 
do it quickly. We don't need to provide much information, just make it happen. And then you have employees that are very uncomfortable. And as we started to roll out training for with the birds, they started to see the patterns of, wow, we have a lot of owls and doves in our company. Mm. And oh my God, how are we impacting them? And it started to change the way they communicated information. They involved people in decision-making. It just was so fascinating over a two-year period. It's not like, you know, it's like, you can't move a ship in right, <laughs> the sure. direction yes. of the day. But in about a two-year period, they started to reward parrots and doves, not just that eagle. And then they had some, a lot of secondary owls. They were rewarding that to a degree. But it was fascinating to watch the transformation. And they created a better culture for their people. Okay. And would you say that the uh, makeup of that top 50 was different? Did it shift? Oh, oh yeah. That was what they, they made a very conscious effort to bring in people who were the parrots and doves and okay. owls and into that group. And, and what I talked a lot with them about is you can't just bring them in and then squash them. Yeah, yeah really bad. <laughs> you, you have Too to often. bring them in and value their opinion. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a big, that's a great, I love that. I love hearing that because I do think so often, you know, we are blind to what we don't know. So when it gets named, when you can see it, and then when you're willing to kind of, all right, this could be helpful. It does make a big difference. So I love that you, you know, had that to share. Do you have an example in a relationship where you've seen it transform and how it makes a difference in relationships? Oh yeah. I, I had a couple. It was a, I was working with someone as a coach and he's, he's very strong Eagle. He had shared with me, and this is actually less typical. Uh, his wife was also an Eagle. Mm-hmm. And typically you don't t- often see that a lot of times, uh, actually statistics will tell you Eagles and doves tend to get married most often. Parrots and owls tend to get married most often. Those are like the opposites. When we say opposites attract, it's actually true. And and what they realized was that we are both eagles in this couple, but they had a daughter who was a dove and a son who was an owl. And they realized how they were impacting their kids because they would just battle it out and let it go 10 seconds later. And you can, they're like, oh my gosh, our daughter all the time is like, daddy, mommy, can you just stop arguing? And they're like, we're not arguing. Yeah, but to their children, they were. And it was making, especially their dove child, very uncomfortable. And they realized that the way they were communicating to each other was actually having an impact on their children. And they realized they needed to change that. And and it was an amazing transformation. And I I will bet you that had a, a positive lifelong impact on their kids. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, I hear that statistic and I often find, you know, having been in marriage and family therapy for many years, you know, that idea that the the opposites attract, but I also, a lot of the couples that I've seen are probably more of those dominant, like those two eagles. I can think of a number of power couples usually, and, or one of them has sacrificed that side. And it really is that, and has gone the other way to kind of keep the relationship going. And it's like, all right, better negotiate this. I didn't talk about this instead of, you know, giving up without knowing it. Because absolutely. Yeah. And I look at myself, I'm a parrot. I'm, my secondary style is an eagle. My wife is an owl. Her secondary style is a dove. So we're literally as opposite as you get. I mean, if you, you can take it, we have an assessment. If you were to look at our graphs, they are the exact opposite graphs. I mean, the literal inverse. Okay. And when we first, you know, we've been married 30 years. 
And when we first met, we didn't know the birds and we didn't know these styles. <laughs> it was harder. And, yes. and I didn't understand why, why do we need so many systems? Why are there so many processes? And there are specific ways that everything must be done. The, the clothes gets folded in a specific way or the laundry gets put away. The way you put things in a dishwasher or the way you fold things and put them in a linen closet or where your shoes go or your keys go when you walk in the front door. As an owl, she had systems. It kept her organized. Right. And, and but what happens is we impose our style on others. So she would impose those systems on me, the parrot, who's like, eh, it all works out. What well, we don't need systems. It'll just <laughs> we put stuff in the dishwasher. It'll get clean. And, and she's like, no, there's a way you do it. And so we actually had a lot of conflict because I was imposing my, it doesn't really matter. We'll just figure it out on the way on her and she was imposing her systems on me and we needed to find that me happy medium. And, and just even the fact that we understood each other, once we understood the styles, it just took all that, that conflict away. Cause it was like, Oh, this isn't really you asking me to, to fold things in a specific way and put them in the linen closet. Isn't about me. It's more about you and your comfort level. And that, that removed a lot of that sting of the conflict. And it took away the pain of this is about me and you. It's really just about I'm being me and you're being you. I like that. And I also, you, you brought up one thing and I want to make sure we'll probably put this in the show notes, but you said there's a link where people can take an assessment. Yes. Yeah. There's a, yeah, the online, they, I'll give you the link to that. They can take the assessment and it gives you a whole report. tells you Great. about what is your style. And uh, in fact, we have a kid's version too. Where okay. The child can take an assessment and they can see which bird are you is the, uh, is the question. Cool. And now the other thing that you got me wondering about, yes, you were describing yourself and your relationship was, you know, do you have, I would imagine like if you're a parrot, you're kind of like this. And you said your secondary one was an eagle, but I was also thinking, so I could imagine under, do you have this under stress? Because I can imagine people have a style under stress, which is, could be their secondary style, which if you become an eagle, I bet you you're not a very nice one if you're actually, you know, you're even more dogmatic. Well, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. That's exactly what happens. I, I always say any virtue carried to an extreme can become a crime. <laughs> you take any strength and you dial it up and you push it in the red zone. And that strength is your weakness. Eagle yeah. assertiveness becomes aggressive. Eagle right. directness can become blunter and sensitive. Right. Parrot optimism becomes unrealistic under stress. Right. That's what happens right. for a dove. You can see the difference between the dove and the eagle. Eagles become aggressive under stress. Doves become passive. Right. Eagles take charge. Doves become more permissive mm -hmm. for the owl. They become the perfectionist. And when they're in conflict, they get caught up in the facts and the data and the logic, and they can't make a decision and they must analyze everything. And it has to be perfect. So under stress, it's almost as if we become more of ourselves and the shadow comes out that the dark side of the style. Okay. All right. Well, that, you know, and I like hearing that. Now you did mention, cause you brought up Oprah who has all four styles. Uh, I imagine some people are more chameleon-like in their bird behavior, but it's actually their right. Then they really are genuinely all four styles. Is that kind of- Yeah, it, it's very few, but I mean, you take somebody like Oprah and she's a great example. I think it's the secret to her success. You can see her eagle in her business, you know, just she, her empire, I mean, billions of dollars in wealth. You can see her- her parrot, just the charisma on stage and her energy. You can see her dove empathy and in her philanthropy and the charity work. People talk about her owl. She is so prepared for an interview mm. and she is so ready. Like, and I've, I've met two people who worked with Oprah. They said almost the same thing. 
There was no detail too small for Oprah. And so she needs to know everything. <laughs> I have heard that. So. About everything. And yeah. so what happened, you know, and here's the interesting thing. When you can display all four styles, guess who you appeal to? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have, you got that. You have that ability to connect with everyone. It's very powerful. I think it's, I think it's in a sense, the secret to her success. She has that ability to display any style and you can display the right one at the right time. Yeah. And I do just want to say this for our audience, because as soon as you hear a story like that, you start to think, hey, I should learn all the styles and be able to do them really well. We want to go back to that original point. It's not about trying to be all the birds. I mean, if you come by that naturally, great. You kind of are lucky. Maybe you were born with that. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, what I would say, though, it's, it's the ability to display the right style at the right time, but it's not changing your personality. You're not changing who you are. If I'm talking to an owl and they like a lot of facts and data, then I should give them a lot of facts and data. That's not changing my personality. I'm, I'm actually satisfying their needs. If I'm talking to an eagle and they like people to be direct, so, you know, cut out some of the detail, go right to the point, right to the bottom line, tell them the goal, tell them what you need. So it is a matter of being able to be flexible and adaptable. And that's not being unauthentic. That's just, honestly, it's honoring the person you're speaking to. Imagine what happens to conflict if you honored the person you were talking to and treated them how they wanted to be treated. Yes, and I, I agree with you. And I'm going to counter a little bit with, unless that comes from a parrot, guys. So remember that. So of course, you're, you know, you're very good at that. But for somebody else, I think they're strong. You don't be disingenuous. And I do think people can be disingenuous when they try to be. So another thing, if you know you're an all out strong eagle, then what you got, you may not be able to adapt and, and talk as well to adapt, but you can own, this is my style, don't take it on. This is how I do, I always, we always tell leaders, give people a map of who you are, don't, and then let them give you their map. But some people aren't as able to adjust, and I think that's okay too, as long as you okay. recognize and can. Yeah, it, what, what, here's what I would say though, everybody has that problem. It's not parrots or any one okay. style. <laughs> what, what, what happens is it's just as hard for a parrot to dial the energy level down and dial up the detail as oh. it is for an owl to dial up the energy and dial down the detail. Or it's just as hard for an eagle to dial down the directness and soften their words as it is for a dove to dial down the softness and be assertive and direct. So every style, whatever's their lowest, is what's hard for them to be flexible and adapt to. And it's not being disingenuous. Actually, if you try to flex, even just meeting someone in the middle to their communication style, though, if the intention, and this is what's most important. Okay, now, now you're going where, yes. Yeah, if the intention is, I want to try to honor your needs, it doesn't feel disingenuous. If you're trying to manipulate them, of course. But if the or if you're trying to do it right, you know, versus, okay, I'm actually concerned about you. And genuine, yes. and that I think that is where sometimes even these are great things to know. And then you have to actually be willing to kind of show up as you are. And when you make a mistake, Rick, don't just keep focusing over there. Come back to, oh, who am I? I might be missing something here because I'm a, you know, not one that's good at picking up details or whatever that is. So, and it's not going very well. So then you could come back to, I might have missed something. Help me, help you. Yeah, and, and, and your intention there is, I really want to connect with this person. I'm really trying to genuinely communicate with them in a respectful way and, and resolve conflict. And so, and if that's the intention, you're in a good place. I agree with you there. You got to go, yeah, kind of work it through. Like, what's my intention? What am I really up to? And if you're up to something, just own it. 
and then you know then you can decide mm, maybe i can make a shift or have Change a better myself. understanding yes all right well would you like to tell folks how they can find you or what you're up to next where they might be able to you know get a little sure. taste of your yeah, stuff if you my company we do training programs so if you're if it's something you'd like to bring into your organization and teach people about the styles and get rid of drama, help people understand themselves, be better leaders, you can go to takeflightlearning.com. Okay. And uh, you can see my books. Chameleon is a fun one to read. It really teaches you about the styles. My latest book, Which Bird Are You?, is a children's book for about oh, ages cool. 8 to 12. And it's fun. It's funny. But they, they're learning and they don't even realize they're learning about which bird style they are and how to get along better with others. So those are available on Amazon. You can pick them up there. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And I'm sure that people are going to be, you know, talking about the birds coming. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Susan. Well, thanks for joining us. We hope you found today's episode valuable. If you want to take some of what you've learned on today's episode to the next level, check out our new step-by-step, easy-to-use team kit to get your team from avoiding conflict to discovering the beauty in conflict. Go to www.thriveinc.com forward slash team kit to learn more. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash T-E-A-M-K-I-T.